Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? We're back with you on the Canadians Connection Podcast. This is December 12th. 29th, 2018, and uh, we hope that you've had a wonderful Christmas, as uh, as my partner in crime, Rick Stevens, the Shea Weber to my Yannick Weber, was trying to say as we went off the air last week, and uh, unfortunately, he was uh, just a little bit rudely interrupted there by our uh, end-of-show soundbite, but uh, with that in mind, Rick, how you doing? I'm <laughs> doing great. And uh, Yannick Weber got engaged over the holidays, so uh, he did. I thought that did. was a nice tie-in. Sister, yeah, yeah. And now in Nashville, wearing Shea Weber's old number, number six. So I was like, okay, this ties in together. And they have the same spelling of their last name, which I thought was a little bit of a of a coincidence as well. Yannick Weber, by the way, is a is a player that I was quite fond of. I, I enjoyed watching him as a Montreal Canadian, and still enjoy watching him when he does play in uh, in, in Nashville. So. That was uh, the reason why I, uh, I included him in, in this week's little comparison off the top. So, well, uh, one, of, yeah. one of my favorite uh, junior teams is the Kitchener Rangers. And, of course, that's uh, Yannick Weber was there yeah. with, his, uh, with his heavy slap shot um, <laughs> and that he brought to, uh, brought to the Canadians. So, yes, a, a great, a great uh, pick for this morning. And, <laughs> and yes, a Merry Christmas to, to everybody. I hope that uh, you've had a great um, uh, holiday season with family and friends. And, and we're so fortunate. We're, we're really fortunate uh, to have uh, amazing listeners and visitors uh, to our, our websites. Websites, I say, we're under the Rocket Sports uh, umbrella. But that includes a number of websites. The the, the most prominent uh, are um, All Habs Hockey Magazine and AHL Report, and our whole team works very hard, um, yeah. and uh, have even been been working hard through um, through the holidays to bring updates from World Juniors and and uh, Laval has has um, had two games already. They're they're finishing out a three and three and three uh today and um and of course with the canadians on the ice last night uh so we've got a packed show and and i guess we better get going we should and i should mention that this is the this is episode 15 so that makes it the yes very cut kniemi episode so that's why this Uh, is going to be a very special episode and there's a tie-in we hope that you've had a wonderful uh wonderful couple of days over christmas watching the world juniors Yasperi Kotkaniemi he could be playing at the world juniors right now so there you go there's your tie in the Yasperi Kotkaniemi edition of the Canadians Connection podcast and as you say this is going to be a jam packed show so we should dive right into it with a little bit of winners and losers and now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection so since I just said the World Juniors, uh, this week because there wasn't a whole, there wasn't there's only two games that we can really talk about. The Montreal Canadiens played the Vegas Golden Knights just last week, just after we went off the air, and yeah, so that was that was one of the games they played, and and obviously last night they played Florida, but 
other than that, not a whole lot to really talk about. So for this week's winner, I decided to go with someone that deserves a lot of credit, but there really wouldn't be a reason to give him, you know, kind of that credit over the course of a regular week. Just because this week we've, we've seen the World Juniors, we've seen what's going on, I've decided that this week I'm going to give Trevor Timmons my nod for the winner of the week. And, and I'll explain why. Um, and actually, we do have this as a, later on in the show as a, as a question of the week for you, the lovely audience at home. But before we get into that, when I, Rick and I were at the draft together, along with the lovely team at Rocket Sports Media, Amy Johnson, Matt Smith, Blaine Potman, Trey Wilson, all those lovely people, and the ones that accompanied us along, uh, along with us. Um, and Alexander Romanoff was kind of a guy that when he was selected, it was a little bit of a head scratcher. Just a little bit. He was ranked 115th by NHL Central Scouting, and he went in early second round, which was just a bit of a just a bit of a of a of a stretch at the time. And you know, because of that, there were some people that were okay. Well, I don't really know what what they're seeing here. I don't, and under, and justifiably so, because this was some somewhat of a reach at at an at an early selection in round two. But with that said. Man, is he looked really, really good at the World Juniors. Mind you, it was a three-point game. He was plus two, one player of the game against Denmark, which it was Denmark. Canada beat them by two converted touchdowns. But with that said, he's looked really, really good. He's looked physical. He's looked dynamic as a skater. He's got a booming slap shot. Everything about him, it just seems like everything is coming really naturally to him. And, and that's why I've decided to go with Trevor Timmons as my winner because this is just one guy and we've seen over the course of his entire tenure as a Montreal as Montreal Canadiens head scout now assistant general manager he is a guy that has accumulated a lot of great young talent and unfortunately we haven't been able to see all of that come together for the Montreal Canadiens through trades and whatnot but we've seen that he has a real remarkable eye for talent and if there's anybody in the Montreal Canadiens front office that I trust, it's Trevor Timmons and Alexander Romanov showing exactly why he was selected where he was is, is the reason why I've decided to give uh, Trevor Timmons my nod for winner of the week for this week. Well, it's a great selection. And um, as you said, uh, it, it kind of ties in naturally to uh, the world junior championships. Um, in Vancouver and Victoria. Um, and the Canadians have a, a pretty impressive slate of players uh, playing yeah. for various teams there. And, and uh, we'll uh, perhaps take a look at that later. Um, and it ties into, as you said, into our, our question of the week. Um, and um, if, if you'd like to answer that, go to uh, Facebook, go to um, uh, the Twitter um, or you can uh, you can reach us here. Um, you can call in at two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. But the question of the week uh, being um, of all of the Canadians prospects at the World Junior Championships, who are you most impressed with? Um, and uh, we, we got some answers coming in on that. But um, Trevor Timmons. Um, uh, Trevor Timmons is going to be a general manager in the National Hockey League, and he probably oh, yeah. uh, would be already. Um, there's a, a number of teams that uh, 
that would 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 have him. And uh, but uh, um, Mark Bergevin, one of the the, the uh, smart things that he did was to promote him first and to uh, give him a um, a contract extension and and uh, and kind of keep him in the fold. And and uh, he's. You know, I, I guess it should be said that uh, Mark Bergevin, when he came to the Montreal Canadiens as general manager, fancied himself as as a as a talent evaluator himself, <laughs> um, and um, uh, so that that the early years, um, the the selections made weren't the ones that necessarily Trevor Timmons had recommend and his staff had recommended and, and Mark Bergevin had his own ideas and went his own way and, and went and was responding to, to media pressure. He was very particularly in the early days. Uh, he listened a lot to uh, the media and when they were demanding a French goaltender, uh, he went and got Zach Fucali. And when the, they were demanding size, he went and got Mike McCarron. And those weren't necessarily um, the picks that that Trevor Timmons and his staff would have advocated for. Um, more, uh, you see his picks being the, the Jakob De La Rose and the Arturi Lekanen. And, and those those are, are more of a Trevor Timmons kind of pick. Um but you, you know, you wonder what what would have happened. Um, um, he's been quite open. Trevor Timmons has uh, that if it were up to him, he would have selected um, Chris Kreider um, yeah. instead of Louis LeBlanc. Uh, and we know what happened there. You know, he said because it, the draft was held in in Montreal that had he. Um, selected had they selected uh chris Kreider, they might have been carried out in in green garbage bags um <laughs> from uh, yeah from the arena um we also know more more recently that um uh mark bergevin traded away two very early uh second round picks and um uh trevor timmons had those in mind to use for samuel Girard and and Alex Debrinkat, who were both available at where where Montreal would have been um, selecting. Yeah. Um, for my money, and and I've talked to him several times. Um, Trevor Timmons, uh, the the two best talent evaluators in the NHL, uh, for my money, are Trevor Timmons and Rick Dudley. They're both incredibly smart people. They they know um, an enormous amount. They they know what to look for. Um, and they've been um, um, successful um, in uh, and and we see in this past year when when Trevor Timmons has been kind of uh, left to 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 do his thing when when uh, Mark Bergevin has kind of backed off we've seen uh, the kind of success that he's had particularly with all the prospects at the World Junior Championships. Yeah, and as you say, if it were up to him, it probably would have. Uh shaken out differently with that Louis LeBlanc pick with uh, Chris Kreider. And that was why at the time I was a little bit optimistic about what the Montreal Canadiens were getting in Alexander Romanoff, because it felt a little bit too out of left field, a little bit too obscure for it to be a Mark Bergevin selection. And, you know, with, and understandably in 2009, with everything going on, the drafting in Montreal, they went with the hometown boy. And that wasn't necessarily the pick that Timmons wanted. And, 
because it was such an obvious selection, because it would get everyone so happy, that was probably why that pick was made. This one, it didn't feel like there was really anything like that going on where it was the obvious. It was certainly not the obvious pick. It was so obscure that that was why I was going to give it time. And, and I was a little bit, uh, a little bit patient to just wait and see what Alexander Romanoff was. And in the world juniors early in the world juniors, I must say, but he has looked very, very good. So we'll leave it at that. And uh, so we'll move on now to, uh, to your winner of the week. Well, um, in keeping with that theme, um, my winner of the week goes to um, Elmer Benning. And um, it, it's interesting. Um, Elmer Benning uh, passed away uh, on Thursday um, at the age of 77 in, in um, Edmonton. Uh, and he was a uh, part of the amateur scouting staff. Um, he scouted Western Canada for the Montreal Canadiens for 47 years. Um, and it was interesting that, um, that one of our, our listeners, uh, Fred Arshoff, he has a, a Facebook group called Montreal Sports. And Fred's as knowledgeable as it comes uh, when it comes to the Canadians. Um, he said, hey, Rick, um, um, I, I see this, this uh, press release by the Montreal Canadiens about Elmer Benning. Uh, I've never heard of him. And I, and this nothing against nothing against Fred. I I, I think that that uh, you know unless you're you're into um, um, the scouting and and meeting some of the scouts on the road and and all those sorts of things, you 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 may not you may not know the behind the scenes kind of people. And and Elmer Benning was was one of that one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is an absolute legend, legend in the scouting fraternity. Um, he had a h- huge influence on, on the makeup of, of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, to, to put it all into perspective, Elmer Benning has been with the Montreal Canadiens uh, since the Sam Pollock era. Um, he was hired by Sam Pollock um, in the 70s. Um, as I said, a sc- uh, amateur scout for 47 years. Uh, kind of interesting, 23 of those years, the first 23 years, he did it on a part-time basis. He was a firefighter <laughs> and and then would be a, a, a part-time sc- scout. Um, he had a, in 1996, he bought a, a brand new um, Toyota Camry, um, and um, over the, the next 20 years, uh, he put 1.3 million kilometers on it. Uh, yeah, driving through Saskatchewan, Alberta, uh, BC, uh, scouting players. And um, he brought it back to the uh, dealership. He split them and they, they fixed it up and they put it, they, they have it in there in the, the showroom. Uh, of their dealership. Um, now, if you don't know, if you haven't heard of Elmer Benning, you've likely heard of Jim Benning. Jim Benning is yeah. the um, uh, general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, and that's Elmer's son. Um, or maybe you've heard of Matt Benning, uh, who uh, patrols the blue line for the Edmonton Oilers. That's uh, that's Elmer's grandson. Um, he also has a, a grandson, Brandon, uh, who's an a, a amateur scout for Vancouver. 
Um, he has a son, Brian, who played 568 NHL games for the Kings, the Blues, the Flyers, the Panthers. Um, he had another son, Mark, who uh, his hockey career was mostly in the NCAA with Harvard. Um, and he has a grandson, uh, Michael, who um, is playing hockey in Alberta, uh, Sherwood Park, I believe, and is committed to the University of Denver. So um, he's the patriarch of a pretty big uh, hockey <laughs> family. Um, but uh, his his impact on the on the Montreal Canadiens is is significant, um, and that is because um, when Carey Price was 16 years old, it was Elmer Benning who was scouting uh, Carey Price um, and bringing him to the attention of of uh, the Canadian staff. Um, it was Elmer Benning who, when the media um, was was screaming for Gilbert Brule and and Benoit Pouliot. Um, uh, Benning said, "No, the guy you want um, is Carey Price." He said, "Either you're going to uh, choose him, or you're going to um, complain every time you have to face him." Um, yeah. And and as we know, uh, with the uh, uh, with the fifth pick, the Canadians, Bob Gainey in kind of a uh, controversial move at the time, uh, uh, picked yeah. Carey Price. And, and, and out of that draft, other than, than Sidney Crosby, uh, Carey Price has been the, the most impactful player um, of that draft. And, and that was um, the, the prodding of, of Elmer Banning got Trevor Timmons out to, to see him and, and, uh, Trevor Timmons agreed wholeheartedly, and they they both uh, they both fought for that pick. Now there was other picks that didn't quite go the way that that um, Elmer was hoping, uh, but he, he didn't complain. He wasn't that kind of guy. He was the guy who provided the information, and the, the Canadians pick who they want to pick. Uh, his guy was, uh, as I said, scouted the Western Hockey League. His guy was was Ryan Getzlaff instead um, in that draft. Um, the Canadians picked uh, Andre Kostitsin. Um mm. but it was the 2003 draft that I found interesting. Um, that um, and this is something that that Trevor Timmons once told me that that uh, Benning argued with with the Canadians' defenseman uh, with the Canadians' management to take a, a defenseman, a big defenseman that he he kind of liked uh, out of Prince George. Uh, this was late in the 2003 draft and, and uh, Benning was, yeah, you got to take this guy from Prince George and, and the Canadians um, as they do uh, said, no, we want to take somebody from Quebec um, and, um, and went to the queue <laughs> and they picked a uh, fighter, tough guy, homegrown, tough guy, Jimmy Bono. Um, and we saw Jimmy Bono in, you know, in Hamilton and, and but didn't amount to, to anything. Now the player that that Elmer wanted um, at that pick uh, was Dustin Bufflin, and and he was taken um, uh, four or five picks later by by Chicago, after the Canadians uh, selected uh, Bono and Dustin Bufflin. We know uh, then eventually went to uh, via Rick Dudley to to Atlanta <laughs> to uh, Winnipeg, and is is uh, has been a uh, one of the best defensemen. Um, in the league since then. 
Um, so um, he's an, an amazing guy, um, uh, 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 just an absolute legend, as I said. Um, and and we, we send condolences to his wife, Liz, and, and, and the entire family. Um, and he's certainly, um, he's going to be missed uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly sounds like a man that had a, had a very profound impact on the Montreal Canadiens, especially when you consider that he was the one that vouched for the uh, current franchise player. And, and as you say, condolences to the Benning family and anyone that ever, that ever met, uh, that ever met this man. So uh, we'll move on now to your uh, loser of the week. Well, let's take a little break and, and then we'll come back and we'll jump right, yeah. right into to losers. How about that? Sounds good. That sounds appropriate. We'll be right back after this. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We just gave off both of our winners of the week, mine being Trevor Timmons and, and Rick's being the late, great uh, Elmer Benning and uh, two great scouts, two great eyes for talent. And uh, we'll move on now to Rick's loser of the week. And uh, so Rick, take it away. Well, um, and this might seem like an odd pick. Um, uh uh, ba- given that uh, he had a kind of a breakout uh, in the uh, game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, but I've added uh, Philip Deneau to my list. And I, I suppose that, that Deneau could have been on the, the list um, earlier this season. Um, Deneau centers uh, is, is the number one center, sort of, uh, kind of a name only. 
uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. And um, prior to that game, prior to that game against Vegas um, last week, he had two goals. Um, and given his amount of ice time, um, one of the, the top used forwards, uh, I think it's top three used forwards uh, by the Canadians. Um, and given the fact that his linemates uh, have 27 goals between them this season, two goals um, seem to be underachieving. Yeah. Um, now we've heard the word uh, shut down center um, kind of used when, when it comes to Dano and that the Canadians were grooming him into a, um, uh, uh, a Thomas Placanics kind of player. And, that, that really hasn't worked out. Um, Deneau's numbers just, just aren't there. Uh, and in that game um, against uh, uh, Vegas, it was, uh, Deneau was, was on the uh, ice for every single goal in regulation. And that was from both teams. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, by his own admission and by Claude Julien's admission, he was directly responsible uh, for the first two Vegas goals, uh, the first two goals for the Canadians. Um, so he, you know, he he um, he was great. He had a he had a he broke out of his his scoring slump. He he had his first NHL hat trick. Um, but on the other side, um, he was he was on for all of the the Vegas goals as well. Um, and, and I mean, that's, that's just not what you want to see in, in a, in a number one center. It's not what you want to see for, for someone, um, who's expected to be better defensively. Um, and when you look at it, I, I mean, um, he's, he's 17 and a half minutes a game. Um, He's he's uh, the leader on the on the penalty kill, has the most uh, the most ice time on the penalty kill, and as we know, um, the penalty kill has been been terrible uh, in and around 25th in the league uh, yeah. uh, this season. Um, his 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 faceoffs are okay, um, uh, second I believe at 51%, but the Canadians are a bad uh, faceoff uh, team, so. Um, you know, there, there isn't much there, um, block shots. He doesn't block many shots for a defensively minded, uh, forward doesn't block shots, uh, for a defensively minded forward. He's at the top of, of, uh, the giveaway list, uh, for forwards, um, with Montreal. So, um, I, I think he's, you know, he's the kind of guy that you, you like to cheer for, that, that fans like, uh, kind of an unassuming kind of guy. And when he got that cape after the Vegas game, everybody was happy for him. But I think that um, the Canadians, in order to take that next step, uh, are going to have to uh, bump him down the, the lineup or move past um, uh, Philip Deneau. And with, uh, you know, centers coming up with, with paling or, or uh, Jake Evans, or, or Olafson, or um, I, I think uh, Deno is going to be hard pressed to um, to earn his his role, um, you know, years on into the future. Yeah, and you know, I really had a hard time coming up with a loser of the week. So 
you know, there was one thing last night that I didn't really like from Philip Deneau. And yes, it was the late penalty. And that obviously cost the Montreal Canadiens with that goal against that, that brought it back to a one goal game, but also, and look, I know he didn't have much choice in the matter when Aaron Eckblad grabs you, that's kind of a thing that you have to take care of. And he did, but at that time in the game, you really don't want to play with fire and fire up that other team and get them going. And it almost bit Montreal. You saw that Jonathan Nuberdeau came so, so close to bringing that back to a tie game and potentially sending it to overtime. So this is, you know, it's one of those things where if that's going to be your guy, if that's the guy that you're going to rely on, he has to be able to be able to walk away from that. And as I say, look, that's a bit of a tougher situation. That's not your typical fight. That's when a guy that's much bigger grabs you. You have to you have to fight for yourself. I understand that. But the Montreal Canadiens, they just they need some sort of steady play out of Philip Deneau. And as you say, I don't know if it's been there the you know, for as for as much as he's playing, I'm not sure it's been there enough. Yeah, that that wasn't very smart. Um yeah. Last night, uh, you know, there was all kinds of hype Going into this game, uh, we all know the preseason uh, incidents, the sucker punch from uh, Max Domi to Aaron Ekblad and the, the, the talk uh, from Ekblad and Luongo after that preseason game that, that they were marking uh, last night's date on the calendar. And, and, but, <laughs> but in the, the, the meantime, things kind of calmed down. And, and um, I must say that, that Max Domi, um, to his credit, stayed out of trouble I mean, he did the, the usual yapping and whatnot, but stayed out of trouble <laughs> last night. But then for Philip Deneau, to, it's not very smart at all uh, to insert himself into this uh, dispute. And, he, you know, he, he was not innocent. Um, yeah. He's, he's, today we learned, uh, we learned that uh, NHL player safety has fined um, – Philip Deneau, five thousand uh, dollars in what they're calling a dangerous trip on Aaron Ekblad, um, and uh, so that you know that led to the the skirmish and and for Deneau to engage at that point in the game, uh, it was on uh, you know it was while he was in in the box that um, that uh, 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 Florida scored a power play goal uh, to get within one and then as you said. Um, um, Huberdeau almost tied it up um, uh, before the the empty netter uh, from Duran, but um, it was it was a dumb play and and not the kind of of play that that um, you'd expect from from a leader from your top line center uh, from somebody who's supposed to be a, a you know one of the more uh, responsible defensively uh, defensively responsible players. Um, not a good not a good look from from Philip Dunno last night at all. Speaking of last night, the uh, Montreal Canadiens went into Florida without their number one goaltender, and instead they had Michael McNiven backing up Antti Niemi. So that leads into the big topic for this week, which is the Montreal Canadiens goaltending situation. And, and with respect to everything that's been going on with the Montreal Canadiens goaltenders, I suppose it's, it's fair to, uh, to say that they probably will be missing Carey Price tonight, <laughs> but, uh, what has gone on with the Montreal Canadiens? Because it's not only just, it's not just been Carey Price. There's also been an injury down in Laval that's kind of forced them to now have Michael McNiven rather than Charlie Lindgren. 
it's um yeah we 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 heard from Claude Julian um after practice when Carey Price left practice early um that Carey Price had been dealing with an injury for a little bit I think was yeah. was his his quote um and Claude Julian referred to it as a, an irritation um and that they thought it was such bothering him such uh, that that they needed Montreal doctors to uh, check it out and that Carey Price would not be making the uh, trip to Florida. And so he had, he was put on injured reserve retro- retroactively and and um, and, um, you know, won't be in the lineup. Um, and it, it you wonder if this is something that that. The, that Carey Price has been dealing with um, for a little bit, however long that is. You know, I immediately looked back to uh, December 15th in that game against Ottawa, a controversial game. There was two controversial goals in that game. And the first, <laughs> um, the first happened when uh, Kachuk uh, put his stick uh Brett Kulak couldn't handle Kachuk, and 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 there you had Brett Kulak playing uh, probably above where he should be playing, and 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 sure. having to to handle um, one of Ottawa's uh, top forwards. Uh, that's that's a gamble. That's a risk that you're taking as uh, and and uh, by the coach and by the general manager. Um, uh, and so Kachuk uh, put his stick in the back of Carey Price's leg. Carey Price went down very awkwardly. Um, the goal was scored, and, and of course it was under review. And somehow, somehow it's it stood. Um, <laughs> but Carey Carey Price grabbed for the back of his knee in obvious pain, um, and it was odd, extremely odd that no one came out, no, none of the training staff came out to, to help Carey Price. He was in obvious pain, um, and, and nobody moved. And it was only when Carey Price went over uh, during the commercial break uh, that he actually, that uh, a trainer looked at, at it. Um, now, was Carey Price arrested after that? Well, no, Carey Price had an extremely heavy load. Um, yeah. And, and, and to the surprise of some, um, even played that that back to back, which was which was a little odd. Um, yeah. So if if Carey Price has been feeling this, feeling an, irritated by this injury, uh, and we don't know if it, if if it was a result of of the Ottawa um, incident or not, but if he has been uh, feeling this for uh, a number of games, why? Why play him so hard? Why why yeah. run? Why ride him so hard? Uh, I understand he's, he's been playing superbly, and back to the Carey Price that we all know, and and the Canadians have been riding that success. But but why would you take that risk with someone you know in the first year of his long term contract uh, with your your franchise asset? If he's and and given his injury history, why? Yeah. If he's feeling any kind of twinge, um, w- would you let him play? That is just that is utter incompetence. That's utter asset mismanagement. Um, 
in 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 my eyes. I I I was stunned. I I don't know about you, but I was absolutely stunned to hear that that he's he's been. They know that he's been dealing with this for a bit, and still they they put him into the lineup each and every night. Well, looking back now at the uh, the Colorado Arizona back to back. That seems a little bit strange that that would be that that certainly now at the time I would say, well, he's the hot hand. You ride your goalie if he's going good and carry price other than that little bit of a misplay in that Colorado game looked very good. And then he looked good the next night. But yeah, now it looks a little bit weird that you were to you put him in that position and perhaps he wasn't quite right. And as we know now, retroactive December 22nd, that was the, the night that the or rather the day that the Montreal Canadiens played Vegas. So sometime between and over now, this, this last week, he's not right. And he's been put on injured reserve. The one thing I will say is I agree with a lot of the different things you say, but there are layers to this. And the one thing that comes to mind is when he was injured in that 2015-16 season, it felt like the Canadians, after that remarkable start they got off to, they really rushed him back when they didn't need him. They did not need him when they played him in that night against Edmonton, and he tweaked it again. The thing that I see now, and I agree with everything that you said about the mismanagement of assets, especially with Carey Price in the first year of a long-term deal, but the thing that I see this time around is a little bit more of a, okay, well, you know what? I think we're okay. We can relax a little bit and, and make sure whatever this is, Carey Price gets right. And I don't know if it's going to be significant. I don't, we don't know any really the specifics at this point, but the one thing I will say looks a little bit better than it did a couple of years ago. That's not to say that this thing has been handled perfectly. As I said, last, now that we know what we know, why he played that back-to-back Colorado, Arizona, I really can't tell you, but from the, from my perspective right now, it looks just a tad bit better than any other time that Carey Price has dealt with an injury. And the hope would be that the Montreal Canadiens do not rush him back because you don't need him as much in December as you're going to need him later on down the line. And as we, as we sit here right now, Montreal is in the first wild card spot. So with as well as he's played in December, you really don't need to rush him back. If Ante Niemi goes in tonight and gets absolutely hammered, so what? You're playing against a team that's gone 17-2-1 in their last 20. Terry Price needs to get right. And at least as I sit here right now, I can say with a little bit more confidence that the Montreal Canadiens have handled this somewhat well. I agree with your point about asset management. That's been an uh, overriding theme this entire year. But it is just a tad bit better than that year when they rushed him back into the lineup in the early part of a season when, you know, the Montreal Canadiens weren't, act, they were, they were doing okay. They weren't doing terribly. It wasn't that you needed him. It was more so that you wanted him. And right now the Montreal Canadiens should probably save Carey Price for when they need him. Yeah, no, uh, I'll agree. They're a little bit better than bad. Uh, yeah. if, if that's, if, if that's the, the characterization, but uh, to my mind, Anything, if if he's showing any kind, any symptoms, anything at all, yeah. given his history and given that you need to protect him as an asset, uh, you don't, you you don't, I, regardless of how well he's playing, you don't ride him. You don't, yeah. um, 
you don't put him in that back-to-back situation. Now, now beyond, now let's look beyond Carey Price. And uh, yeah. last night we saw Antoniemi. Um, in 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 Claude Julien's words, and I think uh, Julien was being a little kind. <laughs> he said that <laughs> Niami looked a little rusty. Well, he looked more than a little rusty. Let's say uh, two goals uh, given up on the first five shots, and and uh, he was not good. Um, you know, he 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 got better as the game went on. Um, he had some post luck. Um, as as did Luongo at the other end, yeah. um, but um, you know, Antiniemi coming into um, uh, last night's game, um, he had uh, let me just see here four fifty nine goals against and an eight seventy one um, in his previous six games. Um, one of the you know Antiniemi has has uh five wins this season and and if you look uh at the at the the stats he has one quality uh and mm. and that's not my that's not my evaluation that's that's yeah. uh that's an objective uh measurement in that that um you know his his goals against and save percentage have to be above the average to be considered a quality quality start um so last night with, you know, he improved to, to five wins and, and, and again, let's be generous. He's, he's, he's benefited from uh, his teammates who seem to up their level and, and, and play a little bit harder. Um, but still after last night's game, his, his goaltending statistics improved, improved in, in quotes, <laughs> To a, a 4.01 goals against and an 8.77 save percentage, um, we saw it in the in the uh, preseason. Antiniemi was terrible. Uh, Charlie Lindgren was much better, um, and um, yet the you know the the they made the decision to to go ahead with uh, with uh, Antiniemi. You know we were all kind of baffled. Um, I remember the last game of the season um, for the Rocket last year. In um, it was in in Rico when they when it was still called Rico, um, mm-hmm. and said to uh, Charlie Lindgren, "We'll see you in Montreal next year," because uh, we were all expecting Lindgren after you know a great season last year on a bad team, and and uh, we we couldn't imagine that that, that Antiniemi would be re-signed. Yet he was, and and Lindgren headed back to. Um, uh, to the rocket, and and so we have Antiniemi, who you know had a bit of a storybook season last year, um, and and uh, started out so poorly, and and improved as the season went on with uh, with some with some goaltending um, uh, expertise, and and uh, you know he's never going to be a positional goaltender, but with some no. confidence, he played decently last year, and and. Uh, yeah. Uh, was a good news story, and and rather than just take it and put it in the bank and say thanks very much, um, I think it was a mistake to bring him back this season, and he he hasn't been um, he hasn't been good at all. Before we get to the the rest of the goaltending situation, sorry, I'll I'll let you jump in on on your thoughts about Antiniemi. Yeah, and I mean at the beginning of the season, I I gave my two cents on this. Uh, Charlie Lindgren should have been the guy that they go to. It's just. 
it would have been a little bit more practical from from just running a team from the standpoint of running a team i think it just makes more sense you have a younger guy that you would hope could take this next step and certainly with with charlie lindgren with respect to him when he's been up with the montreal canadians you look back to last season when Carey price was injured he played phenomenally he played he was just remarkable between the pipes and it it didn't make sense to me it, it was it was really a, a mind-boggling move at the time when they when they decided that Antoniemi was going to be sticking around this season and Charlie Lindgren was going to head back to Laval Rocket. So right now, I like there. you look back at that game against the Minnesota Wild, you look at last night's game, a bit of a rocky start. He rounded back into form, I guess you could say, but still wasn't quite great. But, uh, you know, there's been ups and downs, but there's been far more downs than ups with uh, Antoniemi. And I mean, the ups are all last season, basically. I mean, he had a a good performance to start the season against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, I believe it was, in a shootout victory where somehow, I mean, he seems to be, he seems to be a lot more comfortable in the shootout than he than he does in uh, <laughs> in game action. But, uh, That's right. but for whatever reason, he looked he looked very good against the likes of Sidney Crosby. And now, I mean, he the last you look at, I mean, specifically that Minnesota game, that one was a that one was where you see his numbers get ballooned up, but he hasn't been good throughout so you know uh, hopefully I mean the Montreal Canadiens are going to be looking for him to at least be a little bit of a a steady reliable guy between the pipes while Carey Price is out we don't know exactly how long that's going to be but without Charlie Lindgren now they're they're going to be in this situation now where they have to rely on 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 Antoniemi yeah I think uh, just further to that point I think at one point during the season I wrote that Antti Niemi was the uh, David DeArnais of goaltenders. Um, <laughs> but given that you, you mentioned Charlie Lindgren, um, Charlie Lindgren, um, you know, th- this, is, this is kind of a tailor-made situation for uh, a healthy Charlie Lindgren to come in yeah. and, um, and perhaps uh, take uh, the majority of the starts with, uh, with Niemi continuing to, to back up, ideally. Uh, but as we know, um, Charlie Lindgren has been out with a, a lower body injury. And I think that um, we don't know, uh, but, but um, um, there was, let's say there was some overuse there. You know, Joel Bouchard is, is inexperienced, uh, his first year uh, coaching pros. Um, and um, uh Charlie Lindgren, at the time of his injury, uh, was the most used goaltender in the American Hockey League. He he had played the most minutes of of, of any, um, and uh, where we we might have, um, I I don't think we are expecting to see an even split this year in uh, in Laval, uh, but but we were maybe uh, expecting to see a two thirds one third split uh, between Lindgren and My, uh, Michael McNiven. Uh, we didn't yeah. see that at all. Michael McNiven went for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks without playing games. And um, as such, uh, Charlie Lindgren was a bit overused. He was, you know, they rode him hard and, and, um, and he, he suffered the injury. And then when Michael uh, McNiven had to play, um, you know, we talked to him a few times and, and uh, it's fair to say that, that his confidence was completely shot. Um, he talked about, you know, um, not having a good feel, not not feeling comfortable, uh, 
um, after sitting out uh, so long. And, and he spoke about, about, you know, it not being necessarily, uh, he would sit, you know, after playing well. So, uh, and we've heard that from Carl Elsner as well um, mm-hmm. um, in this organization. And, and so Michael McNiven, who, um, has a pretty good pedigree himself. Um, yeah. You know, he, he absolutely a goaltender of the year in, in the OHL and, and, uh, and uh, uh, with, with great promise as a prospect, um, you know, he, he's been struggling this year because of his lack of use in Laval. Um, and now thrust into this situation when, Everybody knows, and and um, and Michael McNiven must know that unless something catastrophic happens, um, he's, he's not going to see the the uh, the the Canadians crease uh, for his first NHL sh- start, um, and or you know if if this this uh, Carey Price injury is extended for a long period of time, so. Um, and then in Laval, um, you have. Etienne Marcoux, who is uh, a career ECHL goaltender, uh, they've they've signed some ATOs um, uh, this week. Um, last night uh, against the Checkers, a four-two victory for Connor Lacouve, um, who came from Maine, uh, the Danny Barrere uh, managed uh, uh, organization in an ECHL. Ah. Um, so. Uh, it, the, the goaltending <laughs> situation is a bit of a, a carousel right now, um, and uh, it 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 looks like it it wasn't necessarily, in retrospect, um, managed very well to to accommodate um, what might have been expected, uh, and that yeah. is uh, you know a, 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 an an injury or or a situation where you want to be careful uh, surrounding Carey Price. Yeah, and that this funny part to me is that, well, in all of this where you're talking about injuries, which are very unfortunate, the funny part would be that the Montreal Canadiens, if you went into this season and you told me what position, you know, oh, yeah, which position do you think the Montreal Canadiens are going to be all right? And I would probably tell you goaltending because, okay, well, look, you have Carey Price. Antoniemi is a serviceable backup, perhaps not the choice that I would have made, but that's neither here nor there. In Laval, you have... Charlie Lindgren and Michael McNiven, who both look very promising. They're like, oh, it just shows you how quickly things can change over the course of an NHL season where one injury affects you earlier on. Now you have Carey Price, who's gone. Charlie Lindgren, who would have been, as you mentioned, the guy that could take up some of those starts and eat those up and keep Niemi in a role that he's comfortable with. Well, now that's off the table, too, because of the way things were handled with the Laval Rocket. And I think it just kind of shows again that this is a little bit of the trouble that you have when you have a guy that's inexperienced as an AHL coach because in the AHL, you know, you have a lot of back-to-backs over weekends. As you mentioned, the Laval Rocket are playing a 3-3 three and three right now. So this is the kind of thing that you have to manage and you have to keep in the back of your mind and not ride guys into the ground. And that's why you would quite often see, you know, one, you know, obviously on a back-to-back, you go one and one. You give your guy... You know, your starter, you give your backup a start here and there. But when winning is of the utmost importance, that's when you start to see this kind of thing happen. And that's why valuing winning over development or over what have you or, you know, in the AHL, I just don't really see that as a as a viable option in, in terms of 
just being practical with with people and, and their bodies because Charlie Lindgren he probably wasn't going to go much longer if you were to ride him the way that as you say he was being kind of uh kind of being overused in uh in Laval so this is all kind of uh made the situation what it is without Carey Price and now with a backup and Michael McNiven up with the Montreal Canadiens who is probably not going to or almost certainly not going to get any playing time over the course of however long this lasts or, you know, or in the case, maybe they go out. If this is something much bigger, they they might have to go out and actually make a move for a goaltender. Who knows? So this is all going to be a very interesting story to watch unfold over the next coming days or perhaps weeks. Uh, so is there anything else you'd like to get to on that or shall we take a quick break? I think we're ready for a break. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to discuss the question of the week, which we kind of touched on a little bit earlier with my winner of the week. Which Canadians prospect are you most impressed with at the World Junior Championships? They've got a they've got a nice slate of prospects there, so we'll read your answers to that on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, we'll get to some bad tweets. So stick around; we'll be right back after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged entertained and connected learn more about rsm its team and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com i bet you enjoy sporting your best habs jerseys dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest habs gear and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning well don't just show your friends show your habs the team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here with the Canadians Connection podcast. And uh, this segment, we're going to read some of your responses to the question of the week. But before we get there, this is the most wonderful time of the year, obviously because of because of Christmas, the holidays, New Year's Eve, which is coming up, New Year's, all of that fun stuff. But the World Juniors, 
that's most importantly the World Juniors. <laughs> and uh, this this World Juniors has been a really interesting one for Montreal Canadiens fans. Tonight is going to be a really interesting night for Montreal Canadiens fans. Not only do you have the Habs versus the Lightning, but if that thing if that game doesn't turn out to be quite close, which you know second night of a back to back, perhaps it will. You've got some other great options as well. You've got Team Finland and Jesse Yelonen, which is my favorite name, <laughs> taking on Team Slovakia. You have Team Canada with Josh Brook and Nick Suzuki taking on the Czech Republic. And you have the United States with Ryan Paling and uh, and Caden Primo playing Sweden with Jacob Olofsson. So this has been a really interesting World Junior Championship for the Montreal Canadiens, perhaps one of the more interesting ones they've had in terms of their own prospects. In, in quite a while, I think, I mean, I think back to the year that Jakob De La Rose and Arturi Lekkonen were both captains for Sweden and Finland. But I mean, even still, like this has been a really good year for the Montreal Canadiens in terms of their prospects and one that they just traded for in Nick Suzuki. It has been. And, and um, yeah, with, with quite an array of, of, of prospects to, to choose from, uh, to, to, yeah. to watch. Um you know, we saw uh, Caden Primo last night make his first start in goal for the U.S. Uh, versus Kazakhstan, uh, and he looked fine. Um, I think Spencer Knight is is uh, kind of the the goalie for for Team USA, uh, or maybe the goalie for the future. But that that'll all shake down uh, yeah. for Team Canada. I, you know, uh, Josh Brooke there has been the, the guy who's uh, been solid on, on defense. Uh, Nick Suzuki, uh, for all the firepower he has, uh, he's been a little quiet, um, re- let's say relative to um, some of the big guns on, on Canada. They, they've got a lot of offensive forwards. And it's interesting, you know, when the, when the trade went, uh, went forth, um, with the Canadians and, and the Las Vegas golden Knights. Um, I mentioned at the time that I was impressed that Vegas was able to protect their top prospect in that trade, because that's the one, that's the one that, um, that Mark Bergevin should be gunning for. And we see the difference. We see the big difference in this tournament. Cody glass has been unbelievable. Uh, yeah. and they, Vegas was able to protect him and send, they, they knew they were going to have to send one of their top prospects and they sent Nick Suzuki, a great prospect, but certainly not in the class of, of Cody glass and Owen Tippett, uh, the floor Panther, Panthers pick, uh, who've been really, really good in this, in this tournament. Um, yeah. you mentioned Romanov earlier with, uh, with Russia, uh, Olofsson with team Sweden, Yelonen with, with Finland it's um it's a lot of fun and um and particularly coming up um you know there's the 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 schedule gets gets fun as you said there's lots of uh, action tonight but new year's eve is going to be the night where um USA Finland um and <laughs> uh and the Russia Canada the Russia Canada on new year's eve like that's 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 going to be a lot of fun yeah and, and like I say, this is one of my most, this is one of the, my favorite times of the year because of, because of this tournament, because this is where you see, and, and it's even better when the Montreal Canadiens have this amount, this wide array of prospects, and they're playing in basically every game last night. The, uh, the, uh, Russia played uh, the Czech Republic, and Romanov looked pretty good in that game as well. Didn't get on the, on the board like he did against Denmark, but that was kind of to be expected. It all balances out over the course of a tournament but this 
is going to be a really interesting uh, stretch of days for the uh, Montreal Canadiens because, as I say, tonight you've got a slate of matchups, and then New Year's Eve you have Canada Russia, which is going to be, as you said, a, a really great game. So yeah, we'll move on now to uh, to answer some of your uh, to answer the question of the week with uh, with some of your responses that we've been getting as the show has been going on and a little bit before the show. So the question of the week, if you want to be uh, reminded before I get this thing started, is which Canadians prospect are you most impressed with at the World Junior Hockey Championships? And we've been getting a lot of different answers. Uh, Stephen Lee, with uh, they've all been good, but standouts for me are Romanoff and Yelonen, mostly because I've not seen as much of them as Suzuki, Brook, and Paling. And that's that's very true. We didn't really, for this tournament, this is kind of the first exposure that we've had to Alexander Romanov, and, and for most, for uh, Jesse Yelonen as well. So this is a great opportunity, as this tournament always is, to see what else is out there, because we, we kind of know what Suzuki, Brook, and Paling are by, you know, relative to, to, uh, to Romanov and Yelonen. And uh, yeah, Etienne comes back again with Yelonen and Romanov. Would say Brook and Suzuki too, but I see games like from them like once a week. So again, the same kind of point. And he says that he loves uh, wing paling as well. And uh, Mike W. with uh, Romanov. He's gone from obscurity to borderline center stage in two games at the tournament. Made me laugh putting his arm around the girlfriend presenting player of the game awards to credit to Timmons and co got a good one there. So yeah, Romanoff shining, not only with his play on the ice, but a little bit of a, a little bit of a character as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We met, we What's met, uh, we met Romanoff oh, yeah, at, the, at the draft and, and he yeah. was, uh, had a bit of personality to him. He was, uh, yeah. an interesting guy. Um, on the uh, All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook, uh, I, yeah, I know we're running into to short a time here, so I'll read just a couple of them. Uh, Linda Connor says, um, I'm impressed with them all. Um, World Juniors is great hockey, and I agree there, Linda, uh, absolutely. Jason Farrar, uh, his question is, uh, when can we get Romanov over here and signed uh, uh, <laughs> so he's in the lineup for next season? And, and of course, um, in this tournament, uh, we see Romanov playing on the right side. The Canadians looking for uh, defensemen on the left. Uh, Romanov is actually a left-handed defenseman, uh, yeah. but pl- playing on the right for this tournament. Uh, Josh Brooks is a right-handed uh, D-man, but he's playing on the left. He's capable of playing on the left. Um, and we, we we also see some of the other guys. Um, uh, Paling's been uh, uh, playing on the wing. Um, and, and, uh, you know, he plays mostly center, um, um, in college hockey and, and Olsen's been playing on the wing as well. Suzuki, uh, you know, he, he's, he's ambidextrous. He, he plays center, <laughs> plays wing even in, yeah. in the OHL. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, if, if you want to participate and still uh, join in the conversation, whether it's Twitter yeah whether it's Facebook, if, if you have a favorite um, and you're impressed with uh, one of the Canadians' prospects in particular, be sure to uh, uh, check us out either on, on Twitter or Facebook. Just search for All Habs and you'll find the, uh, you'll find the thread. Search for um, Habs Connection for the Canadians Connection podcast and you'll be able to uh, join in the conversation there. 
Certainly, and uh, as as you say, there's certainly been a lot of versatility with uh, these prospects at this tournament. So it's interesting to see this as they, uh, you know, perhaps as they get nearer to being a Montreal Canadian, we'll begin to see uh, see them show that versatility once again. So, yeah, so keep on answering with that question, uh, with your uh, responses to that question of the week. I'll be retweeting them as I see them pop up, and uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be keep uh, we'll keep getting those out there and uh, sharing your answers. And we really do appreciate you, uh, you tweeting into the show and, uh, and giving your responses. So uh, with that in mind, I suppose we'll move on to uh, bad tweets of the week. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadians connection. So I'll hand this thing off to Rick Stevens with, uh, with his bad tweets of the week. Well, um, it is Christmas week. Um, yeah. It is the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> um, I was, I was going to, you know, I was, I was quite willing to, to let uh, bad tweets go, but uh, there was one that was just so bad, particularly um, because it was, uh, it was Christmas week that, that we have to mention it. Um, Chris Ravery. Um, uh, and <laughs> He asks a question, and, and I guess we'll answer it for him. He says, am I a bad person for wanting to see John Tavares get injured? Uh, yes, you are, Christian. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> he goes on to say, I probably am, uh, but that's fine by me. I don't know. That's, that's for me, uh, and I see most of the responses he got uh, yeah. from Habs fans. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, you can dislike uh, a rival, um, but uh, wishing injury on them—that's uh, that's that's just too far. Yeah, this is yeah, and so it's it's so out of bounds with the spirit of Christmas, and not a, not even that, just out of bounds in general. This is yeah, this is one of the worst ones that we've seen yet. It's it's completely out of bounds to wish that upon anybody. And, uh, you know, that's that's certainly uh, certainly worthy of being the uh, bad tweet of the week. And as you say, the responses to him uh, asking that question, am I a bad person? They are mostly all, yes, you are a bad person for uh, for saying that. But uh, well, he seems to be comfortable with it. So uh, unfortunately, he seems to be uh, quite all right with uh, with making the decision to be OK with with him getting injured, which is obviously a little bit a little bit too far. So. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to get to before we uh, before we end this thing up, Rick? Well, I think we've we've had a jam packed show, um, but um, you know the coverage continues and uh, yeah. coming up in in uh, just about an, if you're listening live, uh, coming up in just about an hour, the uh, Laval Rocket hosts the uh, Charlotte Checkers um, in the third game of as you mentioned earlier the three and three um, that they're doing this weekend. Um, you know, Chris G, um, our, our former, uh, Habs 360 host is, is on site at Place Bell and Lavelle, um, Amy Johnson, uh, will be tweeting about it and you can, you can, uh, read the recap at ahl.report. Um, and then later, uh, as we've been talking about, it's the lightning and the Canadians, um, yeah. at seven o'clock and, uh, Dallas on, on, um, New Year's Eve. So, uh, lots, lots of coverage. Uh, at all habs at uh, ahl dot uh, report and certainly uh, we'll be keeping notes and and um, and letting you all uh, know um, about all the action 
uh, next week on the Canadians Connection podcast. Certainly, and this is yeah, as you say, it's been a been a jam-packed show. We've had a, and we still have a lot of things to get to later on tonight with the AHL report team and the All Habs team, and uh, yeah, with the World Juniors in 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 uh, in fine form as well. And if you're looking, I mean, I know it's a little bit early, but there is a game that has some standings ramifications for the Montreal Canadiens. So if you want Boston and Buffalo, that's a game where the Montreal Canadiens just passed the Boston Bruins last night as that went over Florida. And they're two points behind Buffalo. So maybe you want to keep an eye on that score as well. As I say, it's early to be watching the standings. But if you're that kind of person and you, you enjoy the, uh, the playoff races and December, I mean, hey, it's almost January now. So that's, this seems like it's, you know, this seems natural to, to bring that up. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah. given that it's almost January, we're going to have to wish everyone, every one of our listeners, yeah. uh, an early, very happy new year. And, uh, we ask you to please be safe. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your family yeah. and friends. Uh, but please be safe uh, New Year's Eve and, and over the New Year's. And uh, we want to we wanna see you back here next week uh, yeah, for is, our yeah. first show in 2019. Yes, the first show of 2019. We're all done with the 2018. That like It's going to be such a hard thing for me next show to be saying the January 5th, 2019 edition of a show. It's just it, Anyways. I digress. I'm going to have to uh, remember to put 2019 on your on your uh, <laughs> uh, podcast check. So I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to be uh, be on my toes for that episode because I'm not quite sure I'll remember otherwise. Um, but yeah, anyways, we, as you say, of the utmost importance that everyone be safe and, and enjoy New Year's with your family, and and we'll see you right back here next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 2:30 Newfoundland time. And uh, before we go, you can you can follow me on Twitter at JoeWayland19. You can follow Rick Manning, the at all Habs account. And this podcast has its own Twitter account, at Habs Connection. And also you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And, uh, yeah, so just search for Rocket Sports Radio. You'll get this podcast and the AHL Report podcast from the Press Box. And as Rick says every week, the people at the all haves, whether it be doing podcasts, writing, whatever it may be, tons of great content there. And uh, yeah, so we're always going to be turning out some remarkable Habs content. So keep your eyes open for that. And we'll be right back with you next week, as Rick said, for the very first Canadians Connection of 2019. So we'll be back with you then. We'll talk to you later on. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.